Hi, everybody, and welcome to Dublin Tech Talks, The New Normal, Ireland's leading technology, startup, and leadership podcast. We talk with leaders in Ireland and around the world to get their thoughts on business, leadership, innovation, funding, scaling, work practices, well-being, and everything in between. The New Normal is brought to you by Icon Accounting, Ireland's leading and fastest growing provider of a one-stop shop accountancy and compliance services for independent professional contractors in Ireland. On today's show, we are talking with Tim O'Toole, who's one of the co-founders of Pest Pulse. Pest Pulse is using tech-led innovation to revolutionize the pest control industry. We hope you enjoy. Hi, Tim, and uh, welcome to Dublin Tech Talks, The New Normal. Thanks, Gavin. Thanks for having me. So, um, where we are with Pest Pulse at the moment, um, I've given a bit of an overview about, you know, it's using technology uh, solutions to evolutionize the pest control industry. Do you want to give us a bit more information around what, what the business is? Sure, yeah. Uh, so, um, so Pest Pulse, well, we like to term it as it's, it's a, a tech-led pest control company. Um, I think the strap line we use most, most often is not just another pest control company. So we, uh, we provide pest control services, um, primarily uh, B2B. Um, and what, how we approach this is from a technology-first approach. So uh, traditional pest control companies um, currently uh, visit a lot of commercial premises once a month, inspect the numbers of boxes, report activity or not, take actions as needed, and, and, uh, and then return again in, in 30 days. Uh, where Pestables comes along is that we replace that with smart devices. Uh, they're IoT, they talk direct to cloud. We detect pest activity at the first sign of any activity. Um, we dispatch our technicians to take care of issues when there are issues, and we give 24-7 monitoring to our, our, our businesses, which cover a multitude of verticals. Um, so we go from data centers to pharma sites to local restaurants and coffee shops as well. Okay, Brill. So when I started the new normal, I, I really didn't think I'd be talking about pest control. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. So, you know, what, you know, when did the idea become a reality and, and kind of where was the, you know, the problem that was needed to be solved in relation to this? Because there are pest control companies out there. So what's the niche and, and where does it kind of, come into its own? Yeah, so um, I suppose so. Uh, I suppose it's helpful to give someone a little bit of context in terms of uh, my own background, uh, as mm. was initially, and then my co-founders, and then eventually. So uh, I myself grew up in a pest control business, so my family owned um, the largest independent Irish company. It's a company called Pestguard. It's been the third largest overall. It's about five years older than I am, so know the industry intimately <laughs> well. Um, I'm the youngest of five children, uh, and so uh, my role in that business was always around an Excel sheet or a, a Microsoft Access program, just bringing technology in from the age of 12 to try and help them become more efficient and find more ways to kind of run their business in a more efficient approach. And uh, that led to me actually to a career in tech. Uh, so I worked uh, for companies like eBay, and then I worked for five years at Google Maps. Um, and so it was always in the back of my mind, kind of uh, looking at the old-fashioned pest control industry that, that was desperate in need of innovation and had very, very little innovation some very, very large companies uh, trading on very large multiples uh, who have no technology whatsoever to speak of in their sort of in their pack. And then uh, my, my co one of my co-founders, Brian, um, uh, we were sitting one day over, over a pint as you were. He, he was back from a weekend in Malta and I was, I was talking to him about this particular opportunity. Um, and where we looked at the change in the market was that um, we had seen a, a, a real increase in the drop in price for IoT hardware um, in terms of both building it and communications, uh, having devices that can talk for pennies, pennies a month as opposed to, you know, several dollars. And how this then was getting to a price where uh, commercial pest control could really start to adopt the technology. We dug into it more and we sat down with another two friends, with Seam and John, and the four of us came together and decided, uh, yeah, there's a business here. Um, 
we initially tried, tested the water actually by putting together an application to Y Combinator in uh, San Francisco. Um, they were as surprised as you were to be talking to a pest control company. They flew us out. We had early conversations with a number of VCs in the US and we actually said, uh, we actually noticed that this was a much bigger opportunity than just kind of small, simple pest control, uh, old fashioned industry ready to be disrupted. So uh, uh, I left my job and um, so did the other guys and we all came together and kind of started Pest Pulse uh, as about late 2017 when that happened. Brilliant. Um, it, it's, yeah. Look at an old solution and try and make it better. Is that not what we're, what, what everybody's told to do when they're looking at product innovation? Yeah, I think constantly. I, I think for people get strong back just build a better mousetrap, and we literally went and built a better mousetrap. Um, <laughs> uh, so that's usually where it comes around. One of the big elements, I suppose, I didn't mention there was um, it had come out of a conversation I had with uh, a brother of mine around changing regulations in Europe. So there's a lot of poisons used as part of pest control, um, and that has changed uh, hugely in, in terms of regulations, both in Europe and in California. And uh, so that means more labor, more time to try and control pest issues where technology is actually a much more efficient way of doing it. And I think that's, that was a real catalyst for us to say, now's the time. A lot of companies have looked at this, but we, we kind of, we've kind of struck on it at the right time, I think. Yeah, and you, you, you haven't bootstrapped your, your company like traditional businesses. Um, you're, you're down as a startup. Um, you know, you've been named as one of the startups to watch for 2020, 2021. Um, but you, you have a bit of a different story maybe to, maybe to other startups. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Um, so I begin, uh, at very early days, we did bootstrap. Um, and then we were lucky enough to take on uh, a few kind of strategic investors. Um, but about six months into actually starting the business, we were approached by a, a large U.S. corporate called Service Master. So Service Master owned a business called Terminix, uh, which would be the second largest pest company in the world. And they came across our website, um, um, a tiny little website out of Dublin, um, and asked us uh, whether we were interested in coming over and working with them on um, a technology accelerator they were looking at setting up. Um, as you kind of pointed out, very few technology and uh, businesses, startups in the pest control space. So um, we jumped at the opportunity to go out, spend a fair bit of time with them over uh, over um, in Memphis. We spent an entire summer there, uh, worked with them, really helped us to try and understand the US market, uh, try and understand what the opportunity is there and help them understand the technology and what it, what, what it's uh, what it's capable of doing. And um, we came back to Europe, we launched, uh, we were lucky to kind of get some good early traction and we we were going down the VC route. We had term sheets uh, offered to us uh, out of a few VCs in London. And when that happens, though, Service Master stepped in and, and offered to become kind of a corporate VC to ourselves. Um, we saw that as a real win-win. A couple of reasons, pest control is not the sexiest space. So trying to get VCs really bought into what we're trying to do, uh, it's harder than, you know, would be for the, you know, the next WeWork or whatever where and then beyond that, they offer a lot of strategic value to us, um, you know, going into the US where they currently have a, over a billion dollars in pest control revenue um, just really gives us an opportunity to prove our model in Europe and then move into the US with a, with, with a good friendly partner as well. So, uh, so far, so good. Um, they, they, they leave us to run our own business. We have uh, all, our, all, our, um, all our freedom to build the technology we want, sell it to the customers we want, to buy it as we want. And they see us as a... Um, as a good test bed for them to learn from. Um, and then as, as it starts to then uh, start to make a lot of sense, they, they'll start to graduate that those learnings back into their business. So uh, a good win-win. Yeah, no, you, 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 you said before, offline to, to maybe have a chat about why we sold. Uh, I was reading through that, you know, one of the things there Brian, Brian talks about is, do you retrospectively look and go, was it too early or was it the right play? Or kind of some, some startups might, their jaws might be still on the ground hearing that you sold so quickly. Yeah, I suppose um, for us, it uh, depends on the day of the week and how things are going. Uh, if we've, you know, 
signed a very large corporate contract that's you know looks like it's going to go very large once we say oh why did we sell so early you know mm. um, and in those days you know and opportunities like uh, we look at the uncertain times that are ahead of us after COVID and it's great to have strategic partners uh, behind us um, I'd hate to be trying to raise a Series A now at the end of this year or early next year, uh, considering the change in dynamics. Particularly uh, if if you're in a, in, in a space that's uh, that's a little bit niche. Um, you know, every every VC says they like contrarian ideas, but uh, whether or not uh, you know that that holds true over the longer term when when money's scarce is, is different. And um, I think uh, for us, the what was important is that we struck a, a deal with with uh, with a lot of potential upside to us. Uh, it wasn't a straight acquisition. We didn't take a check and walk away. Uh, we are very much um, um, involved in the business to grow it over a period of time, and very much uh, um, we'll will we be rewarded for that uh, if we are successful. Um, and and, and it, that's a real win-win. They end up uh, you know uh, acquiring a company very early on, helping it grow and get it at a discount, and we end up being rewarded like we would be. Uh, if we took on several rounds of VC funding, diluted ourselves down, and all that uncertainty, but it, it wasn't an easy decision. Uh, I think for mm. us, it's um, it was about kind of a, a balance. And Brian, uh, who you know, uh, who's our CEO and had written that article, Brian's been through a few startups previously, and he's seen um, he's seen uh, the ups and downs of different different approaches. And I think for us, we decided to take a, take approach that kind of gave us a little bit of a, a little bit of backing and a little bit of a, a little bit of security uh, as we kind of grow. Um, just 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 to kind of belt and braces, as it were. Yeah, like I, I, it's an amazing story when when you get to read about it. So, congrats, firstly. Um, you know, now probably more than ever, when you know you can't get into buildings, that basically the device, the, the, from my understanding, the tech it's it's a remote device, it's web or it's mobile enabled, web enabled. You're able to, you know, very much like a fleet tracking system, nearly um, yeah, and, and be able to see things. You know, there must be upsides at the moment when you can't access buildings where there might be, you know, pest problems and, and so on. You know, it must be a, a kind of a, a aha moment for you guys saying, great, it's time. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, 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 it's one um, kind of a adver adverse upside for ourselves is that it really proves the benefit of our products. Um, so um, just give you an example, the majority of our business is in the UK um, on, uh, I think it was the... 18th of March or slightly later when they closed the businesses and um, you know 95% of our locations closed uh, in the hospitality sector that was similar to our competitors the difference between us and our competitors is that our devices are live all the time and there's been a huge upturn in rodent activity uh, we're seeing that both anecdotally but also in our data um, uh, across um, both urban and rural sectors as businesses have closed and, and rodent behavior changes our devices are in situ to one, identify uh, problems as they occur, uh, and then two, allow us to alert our, our, our customers as to these problems and, and then arrange access for us to come in and take care of the issues. Uh, a lot of our current uh, competitors do not have that ability. There's a lot of businesses out there now who've closed the doors, uh, may not even reopen them for nine, 10, 12 weeks, um, and uh, would have infestations that are kind of multiplying and um, just like rodents multiply uh, every six weeks uh, in terms of their gestation period. Uh, a small problem can get out, get out of hand very, very quickly if you don't have these devices. And then going forward, uh, we've had a lot of interest from uh, business. Uh, as I mentioned, we're in, we're in a lot of food production sites um, where uh, unnecessary attendance to sites uh, from a biosecurity perspective is a big concern. And we've been doing this for the agricultural sector for a little while, uh, where uh, attending uh, poultry farms and pig farms is always a concern. Uh, and now that's, that's spreading into all other sectors where if you don't have to send somebody into site that potentially is a biosecurity risk, you shouldn't. 
And so putting in devices um, that automate a simple check um, makes a lot more sense uh, for these types of sites as well. So we're getting a lot more, a lot more interest uh, on that side of things as well. So that's worked out well for us. Um, and, um, and more and more data, which is great. So it's helping us understand how roads are behaving and it's helping us then share that with our, our partner companies and our, and our parent companies for them to understand the change in, in the industry as well. So yeah, it's been busy time for us, but um, uh, interesting also. Must be, yeah, there's a lot of businesses that would be delighted to be so busy probably at the moment in relation to, you know, BAU problems and probably product development. It's a... Uh... Yeah, and I think the petrol industry in general, um, you, we've seen a, a large sale um, it's a speciality, you know, um, we deliver uh, public health services, we deliver, um, we deliver a, a lot of disinfection services uh, as an industry. Uh, a lot of pest control industries are at the forefront of offering biofogging treatments, cleaning treatments, um, and really uh, bringing hygiene and public health to the fore. Uh, it's an industry that's really well positioned to do that. Uh, for us, uh, we play we play a, a strong role on the technology side of that, uh, but I do think it's one of those industries that's benefited quite well. Um, and, you know, I, we, I was on a data center site yesterday. That's a, that's an industry that's doing quite well on the back of, you know, a lot more internet traffic or remote working, et cetera. And they're seeing, they're, they're seeing a lot of potential upside, but, um, a lot of our primary customers, uh, are in the hospitality sector and they're, they've, they've been hit very, very, very hard. Um, and I think, um, ultimately, you know, uh, for us, it's about kind of seeing what we can do to support them grow in other verticals, but then also see what we can do um, in terms of um, being able to pass on some of the benefits we're gaining from other industries at lower costs, uh, more efficient gains, because ultimately our, our service is lower cost than a regular pest control contract because of the nature of the technology. I was just about to ask, is it, is it because it's technology, people might think it's a more expensive solution. It's, it's long term, short term, maybe, but long term, no. Yeah, even short term. So we so we uh, we don't charge an upfront cost. It's all it's all built to our cost price. Um, we've built low cost, uh, reliable and effective technology. Um, you know, we get uh, a battery life between uh, five and seven years out of our devices. Uh, we talk direct to cloud. There's no expensive on-site equipment. We're in you know Five Guys restaurants as well as you know very large uh, pharma sites. Um, and we we do that uh, on average between. Um, between seven and fourteen percent lower than our than the incumbent contract at which we win, and the reason for that is we don't go to site as often, and when we get to site, we don't spend as much time there. Save on the labour that pays for technology, and then over the longer term, it's a, it's a, it's a it's a better service for a lower cost for the customer. Well, and and you must be you you touched on it earlier around data. You must be generating for for customers just shed loads of data around activity, what you know, price save, cost saves, all these other things, and. You know, then also feeding that back into maybe investment funnels and different things. Yeah, so um, so that so so that for us is, is like the real kind of treasure trove, um, and that's my background. I worked in analytics at Google mm. Maps, and um, for us, you know, to begin with, you know, um, when we had you know one or two customers, you know, the number of data, you, you know, I, I could name every customer, I could name, I could tell you where every trap was. Um, but as we've grown and as we've deployed, particularly over the last six months, uh, a lot more devices. Um, we, we are collecting um, a lot of data, particularly around road behavior at the moment. Um, we're seeing uh, not only um, a change in the areas of a building in which rodents are getting activity, uh, we're seeing a change in terms of the times of days. Uh, so rodents are uh, typically, typically uh, you'd, see, you'd see it at um, areas where there's low footfall, um, you'd see it at areas where, um, where there's uh, high food sources, but we're seeing a complete change in the migration patterns. Um, and then beyond that, what we, we use that a lot with is with third party data. So we look a lot at uh, food safety scorings across the UK, which is it's openly available. Uh, we look at weather data. We look at these different things to try and understand how can we build more um, 
a more predictive model of pests. So right now, um, traditional pest control reacts to pest problems. Our yeah. approach is that we are proactive and we tell you you have pest problems before you know. In the future, we want to get to a place where we're, uh, we're uh, predictive. Uh, we, we start to preempt uh, any sort of issues that you may be having and giving, uh, giving uh, advice to our customers so they don't ever have a pest issue. Um, and so uh, all of that data plays a big, big role on that. So you'll be able to knock into a building and say you'll have a, 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 an infestation in three weeks? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> or, or, or the idea for us is, you know, we put sensors on doors and we say, that door is open, close that door. Uh, you yeah. know, uh, we say, look, there's been a change in temperature. Um, you know, you're, you're likely to start to see an increase in certain types of pests uh, in, in, in a certain type of area. And it's really, that's all customers, they don't, they're not buying technology. They're not buying, you know, um, yeah. a, a nice technician. They're just buying pest-free environments. And if you can deliver that, um, you know, um, that's, that's all they want. And so, uh, we try just to sell that as the end product as opposed to the data and technology. Um, it's, just, it's just a different way of getting there. You mentioned around into the food scores and different things. You must be able to, if, if I preempted, trying to die, tie in your data into, into that and be able to have it as a, you know, nearly like an ISO for, for, for an industry. Yeah, that, so that, that's ultimately where uh, we think there's a lot of benefit. Um, it, on, a, on, a, on a kind of client level, we help clients understand. So we've a lot of uh, large chains. Um, so we try to understand where's, where, what's the worst part of your estate um, where can we spend the most of our time to try and help you tackle your problems so you start to improve it. Uh, like typically a, a chain of 100 restaurants, it's got five restaurants that are, that are, are, are have pest issues and 95 are fine. Uh, a lot of that starts to come out uh, when we first engage with a customer by us just looking at their food scores. Then beyond that, we can start to see trends in areas and geographies. Um, so London, for instance, has a lot of issues around, um, around rodent infestations in central London, around the resistance to uh, toxic poisons. Uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of resistance uh, being built up by rodents just by, by the nature of, their, uh, of, of, of the poisons being used and the nature of the, just the, the absolute wealth of them being used. And we can start to understand where are the pockets of problems. Uh, that helps us then to kind of approach customers and say, look, you've got stores in these areas, it's high risk. Uh, here are your neighboring buildings, this is the issues they have, things like that. Just something different than our competitors are offering. A lot of folks come in and it's, it's, it's just about that one store and that one time and just, they don't step back and look at the bigger picture and we're just hoping that, you know, to be different, we start to give them that sort of insight. Brilliant. Um, Tech-wise, you, you mentioned it's IoT, obviously, but what, what, what's it built on? What, 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 are you, you know, what, are, what are you mainly using and how, how is your team set up? Yeah, so um, so we build all our own hardware in well, so we design all our own hardware in house, um, and we uh, so Basim, who's our chief hardware architect, uh, our, our chief hardware architect is a electrical engineer by trade, and um, he worked with uh, Firmwave in Dublin, uh, which yeah. you may have come across uh, for many years, um, and so uh, our own our own our own hardware our own uh, firmware is all uh, proprietary to ourselves, um, and uh, we we ship that and we build that in Belfast. And um, we then we communicate over uh, Vodafone, uh, MBIOT, and 2G. Uh, we also have played with Sigbox um, and, and, and uh, as, a, as a communication method. Um, we take all that back and we have our own in house software team. So, John's our, our, our CTO on the software side. Uh, we build all that on top of Google Cloud. Um, we run like different platforms uh, for our administrators, for our technicians, uh, for our customers, et cetera, just using different technology as well. Um, and so, yeah, it's pretty simple. Uh, I think for us, the real the real innovation is around um, the uh, MBIoT communications, uh, Sigfox communications to direct the cloud, the low cost LP1 solutions. Uh, they're really what's enabling these types of sensors to be used for low cost use cases. Yeah. And then team wise, it's are you one location, are you all around the world? What way is uh, it going to be built at? 
Yeah, we're remote, uh, so which is which which has played in our favour during this time. So uh, technically, had a headquartered out of Dublin, uh, and where uh, the majority of our business development and operations is uh, run. Uh, Hardware is done out of Cork, out of our Cork office, where we see him and his team is. Uh, even though he's French, he's a he's a Cork man at heart. He's been there for a long time. Um, uh, John, our CTO, is based out of Lisbon in Portugal. Uh, we've got um, distributed software teams in in Greece and Brazil, um, and then majority of our uh, on the ground, front-facing teams are across the UK and Ireland. So um, working very remotely, as most pest control companies do, uh, central yes. operations and then everything else remote. So it's worked well for us, particularly on the tech side, on the software side, we've, we've managed to find really good talent um, where it's very difficult to do that in Dublin because of the kind of competition with big corps. Uh, so it's worked out very, very well for us. Well, and kind of come to, I won't take much more of your time, but um, what what would be your 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 top three tips now? You've you've built and sold and all that, you know, and you're you're continuing to build. What would be your three tips for people maybe looking at the moment? You know, I'm you know I'm going to do something different. I'm going to do something new. What would you What would your recommendations be? Oh God, good question. Um, I suppose if I think about it, the the first thing I think that's helped us along the way is the team. And my very early on, uh, the initial conversations of this started with Brian and I. And Brian and I are old college roommates. We went to university together and kind of spent time together. Uh, Brian's a lot of experience on the finance strategy side, has helped kind of raise money previously. I bring a lot of pest control uh, knowledge and a lot of technology knowledge. But um, we've never built a piece of hardware in our lives. Um, you know, we've never been um, uh, software engineers either. And so bringing on Wasim and John to kind of give a full round of team helped us in several ways. We started to understand uh, how we could actually tackle the problem uh, as opposed to guessing. Um, mm. We did a lot of, um, we did a lot, a lot of uh, shortcutting in terms of iterations. And beyond that, when you're trying to kind of convince investors, they look at the team first. And I suppose the idea comes second. And we could always sit in a meeting and say, you know, we've experience of, experience of building businesses through Brian, we've experience of pest control through myself, we've experience with software with John, uh, with very experience in places like Grubhub and, and running large platforms and then with seems works for Firmwave and other, other teams, like other companies like that. So that was the biggest one. And beyond that, I think, um, don't be afraid to ask for help. Uh, I think we've got, a, we've had a lot of help along the way from a lot of folks who just have no, no other vested interest than just to kind of sit down and help somebody work along. And uh, LinkedIn's been our best friend. And very early on, our first, our first we, started, we started the idea, we reached out to a few people to interview them. And a year later, we actually built the product and they all became customers, uh, big brand names, uh, which was great for us. Um, and that really helped us along the way. And then I suppose the other one was then just, just resilience. Uh, a lot of ups, a lot of downs. And the longer you go on, uh, the ups and downs become shorter in between. Uh, I think there is, uh, there's, there's, there's good days and bad days. Um, and I suppose it's just keeping, keeping eye on where you want to be long-term and staying focused on that, not uh, overly panicking or pivoting too quickly and, um, and just moving that way. But uh, who knows, uh, everything for ourselves may change in the next six months as well. Um, uh, our business changes, changes uh, all the time. So uh, hopefully it's still, it's still as positive in six months as it is today. Well, and just, uh, you took the next thing, six months, is it 12 months? Is it a scale business? Is it just keep doing well, what we're doing, build new product? What's the kind of, what's the thought frames there? Yeah, so it's so for us, um, it's about scaling. Continues to scale across the UK and Ireland. We've we've had a lot of a lot of rapid growth in the first last few months of last year, and the first few months of this year, and we'll keep pushing that way. Um, US entry is uh, is uh, has always been on the roadmap, um, mm -hmm. and we're working hard on that, and that's likely to come uh, late this year, early next year, um, and so which is really good. We're just working on uh, converting our technology to 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 be uh, compatible with the US uh, telcos. Yeah. 
and then um, and then beyond that I think uh, for us it's then the next devices um, there's a lot more pests in the world we, we go after rodents particularly in in, in northern Europe because that's major the issues you go to the United States uh, termites become a major issue flying insects crawling insects so we've a lot of a uh, lot of uh, interesting um, interesting products around imagery uh, also utilizing AI as well where we can start to add more benefits to give a more rounded suite uh, across our kind of our pest products um, so we seems working hard on that which is great well lo lo lots of plans to do and and you know it's 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 a it's a fascinating product the more i read into it after after having an initial talk this this it's so vast so uh congratulations on, on where you are at the moment it's um it, it's great to see a business thrive so well and kind of with the ambition you guys have you know it's, it's only started so congrats uh, no, thanks very much. Thanks, thanks for uh, giving us a platform to talk about it. Not, uh, not you know, uh, not everyone's interested in pest control, so always willing to chat. So thanks very much. <laughs> no, no, thanks, Tim O'Toole uh, from Pest uh, Pulse. Thanks, Mill, for your time, and we'll speak to you soon. See you, Gavin. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the episode of the New Normal. And um, if you want to listen to more, please subscribe to our channel on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Speak to you soon.